At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, studio at exxonradiotv.com or exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. Now, in these days of Pokemon Go and other smartphone distractions, you're seeing more and more people not paying attention to their surroundings. In the past, this might get you a bump on the head for walking into a lamppost. In today's world, however, it could cost you your life. Situational awareness involves understanding what's going on in your immediate vicinity that might be hazardous to your health. Now, I don't mean secondhand smoke here. I'm talking about knowing what dangers may exist that you can avoid or abolish with your own actions. Especially important for soldiers in a combat zone, it's now become just as important for the average citizen in any large crowd. My guest this hour is Dr. Joel Alton, MD. He is a disaster preparedness expert, member of the Wilderness Medical Society, and New York Times Amazon best selling author of. The Survival Medicine Handbook, The Essential Guide for When Medical Help is Not on the Way. And other books, Dr. Alton has also written the just-released and timely The Zika Virus Handbook. Dr. Alton is also known as a speaker and the host of The Doom and Bloom, the Survival Medicine Hour syndicated podcast. His website is www.doomandbloom.com and... um, Doctor, I'm sorry, it's doomandbloom.net. And Dr. Joel, welcome to the X-Zone. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Rob. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, sir, the pleasure is all ours. Um, the Zika virus, terrorism, uh, weird weather, my gosh, we have it all coming to us from each and every angle. This must be a very busy time for emergency medical preparedness, medical professions like yourself. How do you handle it? How do you handle it? How do you cope? I'll tell you, it has been hectic for me. I'll, I have been speaking in 
on on medical preparedness for disasters, for epidemics, for active shooter situations, other terror events. Uh, I was in St. Louis, Missouri Mm -hmm. last week, Lakeland, Florida, the week before that, going to Cincinnati in a couple of weeks. This is uh, a topic that uh, these these are topics that are on people's minds and people are concerned. Uh, The world is not that's safe anymore, especially in the United States. We're going to see a number of different type of terror events, mm-hmm. especially occurring in the future, going to be an issue. Look what just happened this past week in Minnesota and then in New York City. My God, is anybody safe anywhere? In New York, not only New York City, but in New Jersey as well. Well, I think that in our situation, we have to instill a culture of situational, what I call situational awareness. If we can do that, Mm -hmm. then I think that we'll be able to have a better chance of avoiding becoming a victim of these kinds of these kinds of events. There are people that are out there that are trying to do us harm. Their sole mission in life is Mm -hmm. to make casualties out of decent citizens. And we need to act. We need to formulate plans of action, action to avoid becoming victims. Dr. Joe Alton is my special guest this hour. Dr. Joe, please stand by. We have to take a short break. Exonation, if you'd like to get more information about Dr. Joe Alton, www.doomandbloom.net is the website. And uh, Dr. Alton will be back with me on the other side of this break. Now, here's a little pitch for our good friends at CubeSat. How would you like to be part of UFO history? How would you be part of the first satellite investigation of close earth orbit looking for ufos do i have your interest do me a favor go to www.cubesat.tech that's www.cubesat.tech and you too can be part of history it's real it's happening don't miss out on it i'll be back on the other side of this break as uh, dr joe alton and i discuss emergency medical preparedness And I've got to tell you something. I've heard so many funny stories about Pokemon and people who have just done stupid things. Like this world of virtual reality now interfacing with our phones is just going a little bit too far. But that's just my opinion. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. We'll be back. Don't go away. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Show 
shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back, Exxon Nation. Put down your cell phones. Put down your iPhones. We don't want you playing Pokemon, not when we're on the air with you, talking about a subject that could be very, very important to each and every one of us, whether you're playing Pokemon or not. Put down the iPhones. Put down put down the laptops. Come on, guys. Listen, for goodness sake. Dr. Joe Elton is our special guest this hour, and we're talking about emergency medical preparedness. And, you know, Dr. Joe, you and I were... We're laughing uh, during the commercial break about about Pokemon. And why do you think, sir, that so many people are addicted to their iPhones to the point where they actually get in so involved with some of these apps that they walk off cliffs, they walk into oncoming traffic? Like, has the world gone bananas? It's just that we're turning inward. We're We're just no longer really that interested in interacting with other people face-to-face. Uh, it's hard to even imagine teenagers calling each other via uh, by voice these days. They're all just texting. They're all just looking at their their various games yeah. that they're playing. And I'll tell you, in what this does is it causes them to be very soft targets for people that want to do us harm. Do you think that there's any turning back the clock, the the hands of time where people will actually start talking again, communicating again, instead of lo- using LOL or these little L, what is it, LMAO and all these other little acronyms? <laughs> you know, like, what, what's the world coming to? I think it's going to be a, a, a new normal, is what I call it, in, in which we're just going to be responding to each other, uh, not in person, but electronically and what happens when when that happens is is that we simply simply don't communicate we don't actually and the worst thing is that we don't feel uh connected to the person that we're talking to or other people in general and when that happens then maybe we won't care that much about what happens to those people Now, Dr. Joe, you are down in Florida. Florida is, you know, we see all the reports each and every time there's a a tropical depression or a hurricane heading towards Florida. And I've got a lot of good friends in Florida, and I worry about them. Um, What are some of the examples of situational awareness that a person should be thinking about every time they, they go out into a mall or they go into a crowded location or even with an oncoming storm? Well, I think one thing that's, uh, very useful is something called the OODA loop. The OODA loop, O-O-D-A, was first put together by Colonel John Boyd, an Air Force pilot who designed this system of awareness for aerial dogfights, but actually has a lot, a lot of per, uh, relevance for today's world, and especially for things mm-hmm. like terror events or things like oncoming storms, things like that. And the OODA loop is based... Uh, stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. Whatever setting you're in, establish a baseline by observing what's going on. And when I say a baseline, a baseline is what's normal in a given situation. And it's different in different instances. For example, the basis at Starbucks, baseline at Starbucks would be something like people reading a book or working on their computer, talking with their friends. The baseline at a rock concert is people jumping up and down shouting. But if you have somebody in Starbucks jumping up and down and shouting, well, you know what? That's what we call an anomaly. And in these, these anomalies are what you have to keep an eye on to be 
situationally aware. Either that or somebody who's used to drinking decaffeinated coffee and in Starbucks they get that caffeine jolt. That'll make yeah, them jump they, around. They use the bold, if they, they get that bold coffee by mistake, then uh, they may indeed be <laughs> jumping up and down, I'll tell you that much. But you know what? You have to ask your question, yourself some questions, especially when you're in a crowd. And those questions are things like, what's the general mood of the place? How should people be behaving? Who's doing something that's different from the norm? For example, is someone acting unusually aggressive? In other words, is there a guy at a burger joint screaming at the, the, the person behind the counter, I said no cheese, moron. Well, you know, that's someone to keep an eye on. Maybe you should leave and order a pizza instead. Uh, it, if mm-hmm. somebody's acting too interested, for example, in something that ordinarily wouldn't catch your attention, if you see somebody staring at a garbage can, <laughs> well, you know what? That's an anomaly. It is. If, if they're too uninterested, though, that's, a, that's an anomaly, too. If there's a ticking suitcase in the middle of the street and everybody is staring at it or running away from it except for one guy who's just calmly looking at it, well, that's an anomaly, too. Dr. So Joe, there are a lot of different issues. Dr. Joe, is this an example of how we should become more aware of and, and more more responsive to life than we are right now? I think that if we become uh, let's if we put ourselves in a state of what I call yellow alert. Now that is what I would call relaxed awareness. And in, in yellow alert, you're calm, you're relaxed, you're taking in your surroundings though. That's the important thing. Always observing how people behave, where the nearest exits are, for example, if you're at the mall. Mm-hmm. Formulating a plan of action if you're in a crowd uh, or other scenario where there you could be at risk. I mean, look at those people in uh, Nice on Bastille oh Day, Nice, France, yeah. on, on Bastille Day that were run over by a truck. Yeah. If they were more aware and taking in their surroundings, perhaps some of them might not have become casualties. You know, just looking over the events of the last year, for you know, we can see so many times where, like you're saying, preparedness would have saved a lot of lives. So maybe we should go back to the old Boy Scout motto of being prepared for the good, the bad, and yeah. the ugly. The, the truth of the matter is the Boy Scouts are an awesome way to be prepared. I yep. know that you're using it metaphorically, but the truth of the matter is if if we actually put our young people in programs like the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. then we would have a much better chance of having pe- having a population that's medically prepared. And believe me, have no doubt that would save some lives. I mean, it might be time in our society to perhaps begin teaching people what to do to be medically prepared when they're young. Maybe time to add, once they reach a certain age, maybe their early teens, maybe mm-hmm. add a fourth R to uh, education. Instead of just reading, writing, and arithmetic, maybe reduce hemorrhage might be a good idea. Sure. Indeed, I, indeed, I think that that is something that would save a lot of lives in the new in the new normal because there are going to be events where parents aren't going to be able to protect their kids. I think we need to get more actively involved, not only in the in the responsive reactions to our surroundings and to those who don't fit within the surroundings. But we also need to be better trained to handle situations until medical professionals can get to the scene. For example, a first aid course given by either St. John Ambulance or the, uh, or the American Red Cross. Uh, just basic common knowledge. You know, I remember uh, as, as a police officer learning first aid, you know, spit, stop infection, uh, no, what was it? Stop bleeding, prevent infection, immobilize, treat for shock, and always make sure that the airway is clear. You know, common sense. And yet it seems that in these days of iPhones, high technology, common sense has gone out right the window. Can you just see somebody pulling up to an accident saying, well, let me Google what we should do in this situation? Hmm. You know? You know what's happening is that people are victims of what I call normalcy bias. And normalcy bias is essentially the tendency for people to believe that everything follows a pattern and that the day is going to always proceed normally because, well, in the past it always has. And indeed, they're usually right. But when a terrorist attack or some other event breaks that pattern, their brain is unprepared to respond to 
to take time. It takes time to process a new situation. So people sometimes will hear gunfire and think that it's fireworks or maybe a tire blowing up. Geez, doctor, I don't know anybody these days who would actually hear a bang and think, oh, my God, it's a firework or a tire. I think that people would automatically assume that, you know, wow, that's gunfire. Let's let's err on the side of uh, of safety in this case. So absolutely, how- that's that's what I tell people. Yeah. Very very simply, make sure that you head in the opposite direction whenever you hear anything that yeah. sounds like that. For example, the 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 massacre in Florida in the nightclub a couple of months ago. How would preparedness have helped that situ- situation? How would what we're talking about this hour? have made a difference in the number of casualties? Well, I'll tell you one thing that the FBI law enforcement bulletin shows statistics that before law enforcement arrives, that one in three of these events are aborted or ended by non-armed citizens at the scene. And, and basically what should have happened at the, in that event, which by the way was a very unusual event, most of these are done in a few minutes, this lasted three full hours. Now, they may tell you to, to hide in these circumstances, but if you hid somewhere in your house and I walked into your house, if you gave me three hours, I'd probably find you. Definitely. And so, therefore, what they should have done in that circumstance is they should have acted. And when I say acted, I mean that they should have fought this person. Now, you may say, my goodness, these are people that are unarmed. But the truth of the matter is, in a place like that, there are gla- bar glasses, there are bottles, there are prob- there were 300 people there, probably 350 cell phones. And if a group of people had simply curled their cell phones mm-hmm. while charging this guy, I mean, this guy was not James Bond. He had just bought that rifle a couple of weeks earlier. Believe me, if he had four or five people rushing at him from different directions, throwing things at him, he would have flinched. He would have ducked. Yeah. He would certainly not have been able to focus enough to aim to kill all of these people, and the event would have been over. I think and the, many people's lives would have been saved. I think the perfect example of what we're talking about are the four brave passengers aboard that flight that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, on 9-11. The passengers took control. They weren't going to let the, the, uh, the terrorist get away with it and they decided you know we'll take 40 we you know we'll we'll do our best to make sure that this aircraft does not go to its final destination so that is the perfect example of what you were just talking about exactly and we had uh, three uh unarmed men who were able to stop a shooter on a train in paris yes. last year yeah. there were uh, one i think was an off-duty soldier mm-hmm. and uh they they were on all the uh, talk shows yeah. afterwards but they were unarmed they were able to disarm by acting a a person that was walking around with a rifle and save many, many lives. You and I have to take our break, Dr. Please stand by. Exonation, our, doc, our guest is Dr. Joe Alton, and he is a disaster preparedness expert, member of the Wilderness Medical Society and New York Times Amazon bestselling author of The Survival Medicine Handbook, The Essential Guide for When Medical Help is Not on the Way. And if you'd like more information about uh, Dr. Uh, Alton, all you have to do is go to www.doomandbloom.net. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network and Talk Stream Live. If you'd like to find out more about us, very simple. Go to www.xzoneradiotv.com. Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. You can find me right here. And we'll be back on the other side of this break here in the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. Whatever you do, don't go away. Did you know?
know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Dr. Joe Walton is our special guest for this hour, www.doomandbloom.net. We were also talking earlier, doctor, before we went on air to the Zika virus. As a person living in Florida, as a medical professional, what can you tell us about the Zika virus? Well, the Zika virus is a member of the flavivirus family, which includes some other pretty well-known diseases, things like yellow fever, West Nile virus, chikungunya, and it has been a family of viruses that has been crossing the Atlantic and hitting the Western Hemisphere recently. Last year, it was the chikungunya virus, which caused uh, fevers and uh, joint 
joint pain and muscle aches that uh, last mm-hmm. sometimes for months. This year, it is the Zika virus, and the Zika virus is essentially a virus that is passed on by mosquitoes. It's passed on by a particular species more than others. That species is called the Aedes mosquito. Aedes is the ancient Greek word for unpleasant, I'll say. And I'll tell you that it is a mosquito that has really gained a foothold uh, and and now it, as a matter of fact, has been identified in at least 30 states of the union. That's up from 12 in a survey from some years ago. Where does this uh, mosquito originate from? The mosquito is originally from Africa. It is the, uh, the full name of it is uh, Aedes aegypti. It comes from Egypt originally, but it has made it essentially all around the globe. It's in South America, it's in Asia, it is in uh, French Polynesia. Uh, It has been actually found in places that you wouldn't think that a mosquito could live over the winter. It's a matter of fact in the underground systems in New York and Washington, D.C. So how over over winters there and has uh, sustained population. So how is, in your opinion, the best way to eradicate this uh, this nasty skeeter? Well, the most most effective way is mosquito control. And when I say mosquito control, uh, there are many different ways to do that. Mm-hmm. There are ways that they are doing right now with uh, with success in killing the mosquito, but also killing good insects as well. And that is aerial spraying with pesticides. In Dorchester County, as a matter of fact, South Carolina. They killed half of the uh, county's beekeeper uh, commercial beehive Ouch. by actually by spraying at an inappropriate time uh, when bees were out foraging. So, is this an example of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? Well, I think in I think in this case it was an example of not reading the directions on the box because it says very specifically for this particular chemical that Mm -hmm. you're never supposed to spray it either after sunrise or before sunset. Neither you should do it either before sunrise or after sunset when bees are not out foraging. And uh, in this case, it would have uh, insulated the, the colonies from any damage. And this was a mistake here. But there are pesticides that are in common use in the United States called neonicotinoids. And these neonicotinoids are longer lasting um, pesticides that have damaged bee populations throughout throughout the country, as a matter of fact. Neonics are produced mostly by Bayer, the, uh, the Bayer Corporation. Mm-hmm. Bayer is uh, based in Germany. And in Germany, as a matter of fact, you cannot use neonicotinoids as pesticides. Jeez, just imagine that, eh? Well, here in the United States, I'll tell you that uh, you have to actually prove a pesticide to be dangerous before they'll consider banning it. But luckily, there are some places that are banning it. Uh, Eugene, Oregon, the city of Eugene, Oregon, has banned it. The state of Minnesota, the state of Maryland, uh, are in the process of banning it uh, in 2000, for, uh, 2018. So we are seeing some some headway here. We have to we have to protect mm-hmm. the humble bee. You know that a third of all the food that goes into our mouths is related to the pollination by the humble honeybee. Yeah. And yet they're still on, you know, like we used to see honeybees all the time here. I'm in the Niagara region of Canada, the fruit belt of Niagara. And yet many of my friends are farmers and they keep saying that, where are the honeybees? What happened to them? Where are the butterflies? So something is happening, but who knows what? If somebody believes that they have been bitten by a mosquito that might in fact carry the uh, the Zika virus, what should they do, sir? Well, if you feel uh, symptoms, the symptoms of Zika virus are a mild fever, muscle aches. Uh, You may get uh, something that looks like pink eye, 
uh, your eyes become red. So this, these are some symptoms that you'll see. 20% of people get that, but 80% of people have absolutely no symptoms whatsoever, which makes it a very insidious wow. virus and, and very concerning, especially for pregnant women who might not know they even had the virus until they have ultrasound showing abnormalities in the baby's head. Luckily, there are blood tests, and if you believe that you have traveled to a Zika risk area, mm -hmm. for example, if you've traveled in the uh, southern hemispheres, uh, if you've been to Brazil, let's say Colombia, if you've been to Puerto Rico, those are places that when you come back, you might consider getting a test for Zika. And certainly if you've been in Miami-Dade County, where yeah. I was raised, that is another place. If you're vi if you visited that area, that you should be tested, especially if you're considering pregnancy or are pregnant. Is the uh, Zika virus having an effect on tourism down in Dade County? I believe that it has had an effect on tourism in Miami Beach itself. There is a specific area where there have been cases, and also in the arts and uh, design districts in Miami proper, which is an area just north of downtown Miami. And these are areas, I worked in these areas uh, as a young man, and I can tell you that uh, there is a lot of standing water in, uh, in there and pretty much everywhere in Miami-Dade County. Plenty of, plenty of space for mosquitoes to produce the next generation. Scary stuff, really scary stuff. We've talked about terrorism, we've talked about Zika virus. We've we've talked about quite a bit in the short amount of time that I've had the pleasure of talking to you, sir. And as I said before, I really thank you for your time. Uh, what is the, what is the difference, in your opinion, as an expert, between situational awareness and paranoia? Uh, well, that is actually a a very very good question. You know that people indeed will consi consider what is going on in the United States today to be paranoia because, indeed, over the course of a year, the likelihood that you or a member of your family is going to be involved in a terror event is going to be very, very small. But what we need to look at is what's going to happen over the next few years. Over, exactly. over the next few years or over your lifetime, uh, I would say that at least the next, in, in the next generation, in the entire next generation, next 20 years, we're going to see many, many episodes of, of killings and bombings and stabbings, things, uh, sh shootings. These things are going to occur, so much so that I predict that bleeding control kits, bleeding control first aid kits, mm -hmm. will one day be on the walls next to the fire extinguishers and the automated defibrillators in every public place. Wow. That is, you know, I, I never thought I'd see terrorism in the homeland. And I'm in Canada, and we saw terrorism uh, with what happened in in Ottawa with the, the gunmen. And the amount of terrorism that we're seeing on the streets of the United States of America, I, I never thought this would happen. As a professional, do you believe that the first responders, law enforcement, Coast Guard, uh, Homeland Security, TSA, are trained and have the necessary equipment and assets to properly perform their jobs. Well, I think that most people believe that law enforcement and Homeland Security are on the case, but the truth of the matter is there are just too many suspects. There, are, As a matter of fact, Omar Mateen, who was the killer in the, yes. the gunman in the uh, Orlando shootings, uh, Ahmad Khan Romani, who was the bomber in New York just last weekend. Uh, both of these people have been on the radar of uh, the of Homeland Security. Right. And indeed, they took a look at them and they said, well, you know, they're not in our top thousand people that we're worried about. And so as a result, these people are free to go and develop whatever plan of action they have for making casualties among our citizens. So that's a big thing. Another thing that's in, that people believe is that law enforcement, once they arrive on the scene, will take care of the wounded and take care of uh, uh, those who are injured in these mm -hmm. types of events. And the truth of the matter is, is that law enforcement 
must pass by those that are wounded, even those that are visually, you could visually see them bleeding heavily because they their job is to neutralize the threat because that threat is causing more casualties. So they pass the wounded right by. And so that's why it's so important for the everyday citizen to know how to deal with bleeding, let's say, how to stop bleeding. One in five deaths from hemorrhage in these events could be prevented by the quick action of a bystander. So should we start teaching children in school basic first aid? Uh, Should we get out into the public and make these first aid or emergency treatment um, sessions free? Should the government get behind it and say, listen, citizens, we want you to be prepared. We want you to be the Boy Scouts of America. We want you to know what to do. Well, we have to absolutely instill an entire culture of medical preparedness into our populations, both in the U.S. both and, and in Canada. Definitely. These are situations where these are things that could save lives, not just in terror events, but in, uh, in house fires. It could save lives uh, coming upon someone that's injured in a car accident. I mean, there, there are so many lives that could have been saved by the quick action of a bystander with little knowledge and, and maybe a first aid kit yeah. in their vehicle or, uh, on, as I said, on the wall, as I predict, uh, next to the fire extinguisher in the mall. How does that make you feel, sir, that you're predicting that this type of blood trauma kit, for lack of better words, will be needed in in malls and in public places. And what does that tell you about society? What should we do in order not only to to assimilate, not only to take care of the injured after this act, but what should we do to prevent it from happening? The only thing that you can do to prevent it from happening is by being situationally aware, as right. I mentioned, and identifying the perpetrators before they begin to do their damage. And I mentioned some of the things that I wanted uh, wanted you to look out for, and one thing that mm-hmm. I especially want you to look out for is people that look uncomfortable in a particular situation, people that perhaps might be dressed too warmly for the weather. These are people that might be up to no good. Once again, we're talking about situational awareness. Doctor, we've got to take our final break. Please stand by. Exonation Dr. Joe Alton is our special guest. www.doomandbloom.net This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Wrap up after this here in the Exxon. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Exonation, we're talking with Dr. Joe Alton about emergency preparedness. Now, Dr. Alton is the author of a couple of books, The Survival Medicine Handbook, The Essential Guide for When Medical Help is Not on the Way, 
And he has also written a book that I believe is just being released, or is going to be released, entitled The Zika Virus Handbook. For all the information about the good doctor, visit his website at www.doomandbloom.net. As I said to you between the break, uh, Dr. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. But for the listeners who who may want to get more involved, what are some tips that you can give us about well, what think- they can do if something happens so that they can be prepared and help people until emergency personnel arrive? Well, I think that one thing that's very important is to take your your municipality's first aid or or first responder classes. Sometimes uh, that class is known as a mm-hmm. uh, CERT class, C-E-R-T, Community Emergency Response Team class. That is a, a class that will give you a lot of great, what would they call, pre-hospital um, information and training and certainly help you help you to learn how to stop bleeding in uh, emergency situations uh, this is something that would give people time so that the ambulance can arrive and indeed get that person to the next highest medical asset and so that's something that's very important i think that it's important also in the back of your mind for disasters and for other situations where medical help may not be on the way, uh, as my book says. Uh, For example, an example example of that would be Hurricane Katrina, where there was a lot of emergency medical personnel available, but they couldn't reach people because of flooding. It is important for you to think in the back of your mind as you learn standard first aid and standard uh, medical procedures in these classes to think about what you would do if you had to deal with that injury for longer than just a few minutes. And so this is what we write about in our book, the Survival Medicine Handbook. And you'll find that we are now, I think, at almost 900 videos, podcasts, and articles on our website at doomandbloom.net, all on the same topic and all Mm -hmm. assuming that you might just be the end of the line when it comes to the safety of your family Doctor, when you're out in public talking to to people at a book signing or even doing your own show, what is the most frequent question that you get asked, sir? The most frequent question that I get is, what do I do in times of trouble when I am actually on my own and, and medical help may not be forthcoming? And there are situations uh, where people that are, let's say, homesteaders, rural homesteaders, when people who uh, are survivors of the aftermath of a disaster, where they Mm -hmm. may have to be pretty much the end of the line, as I mentioned, with regards to their family's well-being. And so what supplies should I have? These are some of the main questions that I get asked, and I tell them bandages, tourniquets. Uh, antibiotics, I think, are, are important, both yes. natural and commercial. Use all the tools in the woodshed. Make sure you know what plants in your area might have medicinal benefits. There are quite a few, and, and in any survival situation, whatever you have stored in your medicine cabinet is not going to last, so you need to know these things. So this is part of my mission to put a medically prepared mm-hmm. person in every family. We've talked about terrorism. We've talked about other uh, areas that people get caught up in in the day-to-day life. But one of the ones that I fear the most, sir, is the explosion of electromagnetic pulse that will wipe out the entire grid, that will wipe out all electronic communications. How prepared do you think we are for that? We are absolutely the least prepared we could possibly be. If something like that indeed happened it has been estimated that it would take 11 years to produce the transformers that will be knocked out permanently as a result of such an event. And so when you're talking about a situation where there will be absolute chaos, mm-hmm. it is something that, it's, uh, that I strongly urge you to have uh, food stored up, enough to last you for a good period of time, have medical supplies available because you may be in an area, especially if you live in a city where there be there will be great civil unrest, no rule of law most likely, and 
one thing that's important that if you have a place that you plan to go in terms of a retreat or mm-hmm. some kind of uh, location that you would consider to be a safer location, you must have a quick trigger to go to those locations because the National Guard will be closing roads very quickly if something like that happens. God forbid, in case of a nuclear attack, what should people do? The important thing is to stay indoors if you can, if at all possible. The good news is that there, the actual blast zone in which everybody dies is smaller than you might actually think in these types of events. But, but the zone in which radiation can be an issue Mm-hmm. is much larger. And so, therefore, if you are able to... I'm sorry. No, doctor, I didn't say anything. Go right ahead, sir. Oh, okay. If you are in a in inside location, for example, just a centimeter of lead would eliminate half of the radiation that you would get. At just 2.4, 2.5 centimeters or an inch of concrete would eliminate half of the radiation you get. These are called halving thicknesses, and they're different for every material. 11 inches, for example, of wood gives you the same effect as an inch of concrete. Uh, Three feet of earth, for example, if you have a basement and you have three feet of earth that separates you from the outside, then that actually is a having thickness as well. As those get wider and wider, it exponentially increases the protection. So therefore, two two inches of concrete would give you one-half times one-half or only a fourth of the radiation. Uh, And 10 inches of concrete, therefore, would give you one-half times to the 10th power or one one thousand twenty-fourth of the radiation. So this is something that would be very, very important to consider if you believe you're in an area where there may be a nuclear event. We talked about emergency preparedness. We talked about having a first aid kit. We talked about supplies. We talked about food. But what kind of food would be best to secure? Well, you need to have a source of protein. You need to have a source of fat. Mm -hmm. I mean, the truth of the matter is that you can't eat just protein. As uh, As a matter of fact, if you raise rabbits, you'll know that they have very little fat and actually eating just rabbits, for example, may actually cause you to have pretty significant issue, you could, issues uh, from a health standpoint because right. eating protein by itself is not, is not healthy. You have to have a balanced diet. So uh, the important thing is to have the ability to put together a wide variety of, of uh, dietary sources of foods and also I highly recommend that everyone there, every one of your listeners, consider learning how to garden, how to grow food. I'm a master gardener for the state of Florida, and I did that simply because I wanted to be able to have the knowledge to grow food. But you also have to have the experience. You do not want to start the learning curve Mm -hmm. after a disaster has occurred. So a good idea would also, when you're storing food, store seeds as well. Go to your local gardening store and buy packages of seeds and just keep them in case. Absolutely. Some of the seed, some seeds last longer than others, yeah. but I think that that is one of the most important things you can have. You need to be able to start from something, and a, a good seed vault would be a, a great thing for every family. Dr. Joe, we're coming up to the time where you and I will have to say so long for now. First of all, thank you so much for joining us, sir. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Dr. Joe, what are your final thoughts for the listening audience of the Exxon Nation? I just want to say that if we act, if we not don't remain complacent, that mm-hmm. really is the epidemic in the United States and perhaps in Canada, that there's an epidemic of complacency in which we don't feel that we have to learn how to deal with medical issues, that we don't have to be situationally aware. These are the things that are going to make us soft targets that are going to cost us lives, lives that could have been saved, avoidable, avoidable deaths mm-hmm. that could occur if we, if we don't pay attention and don't instill a culture of medical preparedness in our society. Dr. Joe, where are your books available? 
Our books are available on Amazon, the Survival Medicine Handbook, the Essential Guide for When Health is Not on the Way, the Zika Virus Handbook, the Ebola Survival Handbook, and an older book of ours from, from that era, and uh, other books that you'll find there. You'll find them all on Amazon or on our website at doomandbloom.net. Dr. Joe, thank you so much. Love to have you back on in the future, sir. Uh, continued success. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your expertise with us, and thank you for helping make a difference. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. By the way, all of the interesting topics that you bring up on your show uh, are making a difference for people as well. So I just want to thank you. Good night, Dr. Joe, and thank you once again. Bye. Exonation. Dr. Joe Alton has been my guest. Once again, his website is www.doomandbloom.net. I'll be back tomorrow night as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. So until tomorrow night, remember... We are our brother's keeper. Keep vigilant. Be part of the solution, not the problem. And always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.